Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Jared Kirk. I'm the pastor of Renewal Church. How are you doing? David, how are you? You looked great here wearing your mask on the cajon. That was good stuff. Hey, so uh, this morning we're going to start off talking about Star Wars, which, man, that's a risk, right? Because half of you are like, wow, this just went downhill fast. I love Star Wars because when I was a little kid, I, I saw it when I was like this big. And I love that it's campy. I love that, you know, there's like there's a man dressed up in a furry costume and we're like, no, that, like, that moves me to the core of my being. It's a story that just touches my soul. It's just, it's ridiculous. But when I watch the movies, I get to see him through the, through the eyes of just a little kid who's like five years old. And so I still love him. In one of the new Star Wars movies, there's this moment where the young heroine kind of finds Luke Skywalker and says, um, and she, she needs a mentor. And he says, well, you know, explain what the force is. And she says, well, it's a power that Jedi have that let them control people and make things float. And he says, that's amazing. Every word of that sentence was wrong. For her to grow, she had all these misconceptions about what was true, and those had to be cleared out so that she could move on and grow from there. All right, that's enough Star Wars. I promise we won't talk about it again. Let's talk about, let's talk about Titus Sparrow Park. Right just a little bit away from here, there's Titus Sparrow Park. It's beautiful. And I walked out there one crisp fall day. I got off work kind of a little bit early, and Heather was already out at the park, and so I went to go meet her there. And when I arrived, her friend Kim was there. Now, I'd never met Kim before, but Heather had a great relationship with her, and, and so they talked. Kim knew what I did for a living, and she, Kim, Kim has named her son Romeo, and I always thought that kind of said something about her as a person, but I could never figure out what it is. So anyway, I get there, and I say, hi, I'm Jared, to which she replies, what's the deal with hell? She had been wondering. She wanted to know, what's the deal with hell? So um, what followed from there was this conversation that Kim and I had about um, heaven and hell and eternity and judgment and grace and forgiveness and mercy. And it was a, it was a healthy conversation. It was good. It was respectful. But I, as, as the conversation unfolded, I realized that Kim's view of hell, she, she viewed it as an underground torture chamber locked from the outside. And almost every part of that sentence is completely wrong. And so there were some misconceptions that needed to be cleared away to understand the truth of judgment and heaven and hell and those things if, if she was going to have a clear picture of Christianity. And this mattered for Kim because she, she wasn't yet a, an all-in follower of Jesus. But this also matters for those of us who would say, no, I am a, I am a Jesus follower. Our picture of judgment and hell is incredibly important because I find that for most believers, it's one of those things where they say... Um, well, I guess I'm supposed to believe in it, but I don't really like it, and I don't really understand it, and I don't really get it, and I don't know why God would be so unfair. And so what happens is when you're not thoughtful about it, and you don't kind of dig in and wrestle with those parts of Christian faith that you're unfamiliar with, um, if you're a follower of Jesus, it, it, it weakens your faith over time. I think that's me. If you're a follower of... Give me a second. My microphone came loose. Come on, buddy. You can do it. We'll see if that helps. That'll probably be worth it. Okay. So, where was I? If you're a follower of Jesus, thank you, Dusty, and, and you don't get this worked out in your soul, what happens is that over time it weakens your faith. Because you, you start to doubt God's goodness, you start to doubt God's justice, and you start to wonder what on earth he's talking about, and it just kind of nags at you in the back of your mind, and you say, well, I guess I'm supposed to believe in it, but I don't, I don't really want to. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, you know, then this could be one of those barriers that keeps you from trusting him fully. 
that keeps you from placing your hands in God because you just don't understand and don't get where he's coming from. But here's the thing, and I've thought a lot about this this week. Jesus was the most loving person who ever lived. The way that Jesus was with the poor and the outcast and the marginalized, the way that Jesus was with women in a society that treated women like property and dirt, the way that Jesus was with physically disabled people, when everybody else in that society assumed um, they were under God's judgment, and obviously they had sinned or their parents had sinned, and God was punishing them, and the way that Jesus would just go to them and touch them. He was the most loving person who ever lived. And he also talked more about hell and judgment than any other person in the Bible. And I think as modern people, our tendency is to say, well, I like this part of Jesus, but I don't like this part of Jesus. But what if, what if Jesus' beliefs about judgment were part of what motivated him to live a completely different life than everyone else around him? Could it be that our society's complete rejection of the doctrines of 